0: Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast.
1: Oftentimes, our thoughts and our stories in our head are quite powerful. So a lot of it has to do with either reframing the story or telling ourselves a different story. And, and, and furthermore, being open to opportunities that we might not foresee. And sometimes when we let go of attachments to what that story and holiday actually looks like, something better or different or opportunistic is at the other side of that.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process. So listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and today we are joined again by Jenny Stevens, my friend who joined me just last week with that very special mini-sode about how to talk to your kids about school shootings. Um, And I just wanna say thank you to all of you who reached out to say thank you for that episode. Jenny, I just wanted you to know I got so much outreach from people and that episode has been downloading like crazy. Today, the day that we're typing this, happens to be the anniversary of the Sandy Hook shooting. So it's still a topic that's obviously very fresh for people. And I know how much my listeners appreciated your taking the time to create that episode with me. So first, let's thank you for that. Thank you.
1: Well, you're welcome. And thanks for having me on last week. And it's a timely um, and sadly an important topic for your listeners and viewers to um, have resources and suggestions so you're welcome and it's always my pleasure susan
0: yes well and I, i'm happy to say that this week we have i guess a little bit happier topic definitely yes. a happier topic yes. but also i think a difficult one um you and i We're talking about wanting to create an episode around the holidays. And um, for those who are listening, this is a special holiday episode. I did wanna mention there will be, as a a gift to you all, no interruptions, no ads. This will be a start to finish episode for everyone. But when Jenny and I were talking, we decided to do an episode um, that's focused a little differently around the holidays because you see so many episodes focused on how to co-parent during the holidays, how to make the holidays merry for your kids. And what I thought got missed in all of that was the idea of self-care and the idea of and concept of taking care of yourself during what can be a kind of difficult holiday period when you're facing it especially when it's new and the first one after a divorce a separation um, a breakup so we're going to focus on how to care for yourself during the holiday season so Jenny jumped back on this morning and we're going to run through some of her top tips for really taking that focus off of the holidays and putting it on yourself so one more time Jenny thanks so much for joining me My pleasure. Those who didn't get a chance to listen to the school shooting episode, Jenny is a licensed clinical professional counselor. And for 20 years, she was um, helping and working with adolescents and families as a school counselor, hence why she was the perfect person to talk on that topic. But uh, in 2021, she launched Create Change Consultants, and now she's providing counseling for individuals who are navigating major changes in life, major life events, life events one of which might be focused on the holiday season. So I want you all to know, go check out her website, createchangeconsultants.com. Follow her on Instagram at createchangeconsultants so that you can get her daily tips and insights. But let's dive into the topic, Jenny, because I know you are talking to people probably daily right now about the challenges they're facing as they come into this holiday week and really this holiday season, right? At this time of year, it's all about ho, ho, ho and jingle bells and dreidels and lighting candles and, you know, family and wrapping and presents. And not everyone's happy, are they?
1: No. And I mean, I would add Add to the um litany of things you just the list of what you just said like hallmark movies right all of this stuff are billboarded and you turn on the tv and everybody's like hugging and kissing and all these fun things and so i think it's an oxymoron because as you just mentioned holidays appear on the outside so great so happy and some are and sometimes we feel that way but in the reality, holidays can be extremely stressful because there's so much to do and there's parties and there's wrapping and there's kids and sometimes there's divorce and it's hard to navigate that piece or there's stressful things with family because a lot of families have interesting relationships or dysfunction and we are put together at dinner tables and sometimes things don't feel you know, fantastic and happy and holidays are sad and stressful for some people and difficult.
0: Yeah, well, actually, I think that's a really good point that you make there because one thing that can happen when you're going into your first holiday as a single, perhaps, or having, you know, your marriage and or divorce is that you forget sometimes that holidays have always been a stressful period of time. We romanticize them almost in our mind as we go into this first post-divorce holiday, um, thinking back as if they were always perfect. And as a divorce attorney, and I'm sure as, as a counselor and therapist, you know, You know, they don't call January divorce month for no reason, right? I mean, the holidays are stressful. So let's maybe that's something to remember for everyone is that there is stress involved in that holiday season, whether it's an intact family, as they say, or you're going into your first divorced holiday.
1: That's a wonderful point. One of the suggestions and things I work with on many clients is this story that we have in our heads of, hey, this is what it is or this is what it's going to be like. And oftentimes our thoughts and our stories in our head are quite powerful. So a lot of it has to do with either reframing the story or telling ourselves a different story and 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 furthermore, being open to opportunities that we might not foresee. And sometimes when we let go of attachments to what that story and holiday actually looks like, something better or different or opportunistic is at the other side of that it's really important to ask yourself what sort of holiday you want to have, what are your intentions around the holiday, um, and things like that. Because, I mean, I can go on and on about this, but it's really important to watch our negative self-talk and and sort of be aware of our stories because there's opportunity to have this holiday something different if you're open to that.
0: Well, that's right. So there's your first tip, um, I think, because – right? If you're thinking about this as in your head, the story you're telling yourself, isn't it Brene Brown who says the story we we tell ourselves? I always found that so powerful when I heard her say it. But if the story you're telling yourself is this holiday is going to suck, then guess what? This holiday is probably going to suck. If you tell yourself and set a different expectation in your head, you have an opportunity, just like divorce is an opportunity, as I always say, you have an opportunity to create a different, but perhaps happy still holiday.
1: 100%, and I have a coach myself and her name's Stephanie Fortlefeber, she's amazing. And she she has a saying, which I hope that you can appreciate is she says, we create from our dominant thought. And I'm sure many other people say ha, have said this as well, but what we think, see, and feel does happen. And I mean, I firmly, firmly believe it. So what you, our thoughts are things, this is such a cheesy thing, but our thoughts are things and things have wings. I teach my little kids that and they they go, mom, you're just, you're being weird. But um, it's an old saying that someone taught me 35 years ago. Our thoughts are things and things have wings, which means that whatever we think about and create from our dominant thought actually happens. And so it's just as true to have if you have a negative thought about, I'm, I'll give you an example, this holiday is going to suck. This holiday is going to be so not good. The opposite of that thought is just as true because our thoughts are really not who we are. So if we can extricate and understand those negative thoughts that we are not our thoughts, you can say and have a mantra of just the opposite and make it different. Again, intention. It's about around intentionality and the stories. Actually, I would call them Like BS stories that we create in our head. Change change your narrative. Holidays can be can be different and can be okay.
0: Well, and and you just said that word different, and I think that that's a key here because something and maybe it's because as we go through divorce, everything's changing and it's Mm -hmm. just we're overwhelmed by change. So when the holidays are going to be different that feels like maybe one step too many into change but you almost make it worse by trying to make everything exactly the same right because then you're only emphasizing everything that's different is it is it better to embrace the different
1: two things on that i think we all have to recognize and accept that change is hard inherently humans human beings don't like change So let's acknowledge that, that change is difficult. Okay. So as much as we want to say change is great. Again, I believe that change is the only variable. However, once we accept like change is hard, then the second piece is we can also accept that we are meant to go through hard things and change is okay. So I always recommend to my clients during holidays, specifically ones who are single or divorced for the first holiday. First and foremost, it's hard and it's different and different and hard doesn't mean bad. It means potentially creating new traditions, creating a list of things that you wanna do for yourself, whether it be pampering yourself, whether it be, I always—I love music, so making a fun holiday playlist, I, and I, I love to dance, you can dance, move your body, there's opportunities, so you can make a list of things that you wanna do that are changes for you and you or your family.
0: Well, and that's, you, you talk about the traditions, right? And that's the other yeah. thing I think about The holiday season is for so many families, there are traditions around holidays. We always did this. This is what we do on Christmas morning. I mean, I hear that a lot when I'm working with families to try and create new parenting plans because, frankly the holidays are going to look different. You know, one of the things that's hard for people is to let go of the traditions that don't work. But I think you just had a really good point about making maybe new traditions and new, they can be new traditions that just involve you. I love the holiday playlist and dancing around. That's become one, of, and I know you do it. You dance around by yourself, don't you?
1: Okay, don't embarrass me. Actually, you know what? I own that. I Anybody who knows me out there, knows that I have dance parties by myself and with my kids. So there you have it.
0: Me too. So we can both own it. I love to dance by
1: myself. And, and Susan, our friends at Divorce Girl Smiling, our friend Christine made a playlist. So we should add the playlist. It's a fabulous like sort of empowerment. We should add the playlist.
0: We're adding it. Everybody go to the show notes and the playlist, the holiday playlist will be there so that we can all enjoy it. And I want every listener to download that playlist and dance by yourself or with your and kids or make that a part of your traditions. That's your
1: homework, everybody. Yeah, I like it. We don't give homework, but...
0: well we are going to hear. Actually, I do give homework sometimes, and that's one thing that um I want, you know, I always say to my my listeners, grab a pen, take some notes here or go look at the show notes because I've taken some for you because that's another thing is don't just let this holiday happen to you and find yourself waking up on Christmas morning or New Year's Day alone without having a plan. I I mean, I suspect, I think it's probably a good idea to have a plan.
1: Yes. And so you mentioned something which I have to piggyback off is that I believe, and many people also say this, is that life happens for you, not to you. And again, that's just like, and I, I don't believe in accidents. And so life happens for you, not to you. And again, it's this, it's a shift from a victim versus an opportunity mindset. So I think that's really, you know, really, really important, but making lists and even saying things out loud and having visuals of lists is super powerful. And make make a, either a Christmas list, a new tradition list. My friend, my, my, my coach, Stephanie Fort always says, like, make your happy list and safeguard your happiness. Make a happy list and again, safeguard your happiness. And so like one of my mantras and one of my things is I create joy. I create joy and fun in all things I do because if something is not fun and joyful, I don't want to do it. And so I have a joy list and I have a fun list. I even put it on my refrigerator and my kids are like, seriously, mom. And then one day I took it off because I was cleaning it and they were like, where to go? And I was like, oh, you like it,
0: you like it. (laughs) You know, right? And hey, that can be one of your new traditions is this year we're going to create our new
1: joy list for the year. Yes, make a joy list and then make it visual because when you see things, and I also have another tip, which I'm sure you've all heard of it, say it out loud, tell a friend, like I'll tell you, Susan, what my, I'm having lunch with you tomorrow um, for work and I will tell you my list. So say it out loud. It makes more, it's more powerful. Well, your,
0: your stated intentions that you, you put out in the world do carry a lot of weight and, and you, you bring the positivity and the energy of those you tell to the, to the plate as well. So I, I always tell people, I love lists. I love writing things down. And I love telling people what my intentions are. There's also the it's harder to go back on when you t- when you let uh, there's accountability out there, right? When you let people know what you're planning.
1: You know, it's so true. Because when you say it out loud to somebody they're again, you're vulnerable. And then they might be like, hey, Susan, what this like, I'm writing a book this year. And like, I've said that out loud. So that means like, I'm gonna have to write that book. And I am writing a book, but you know what I mean. Like you say it out loud to somebody, and it means it's happening because somebody wants yeah.
0: you. They're so. going to be like, "Where's the book? What yeah, happened gonna... to the book?"
1: That's yes, exactly exactly.
0: <laughs> I know for a lot of people during this time, it's a time where they let go of their self care because they become so immersed. So even simple things like their therapy appointments or because it's busy, right? We're busy during the holidays. And so we we let certain things go. We start going to maybe anything and everything that we're invited to. We eat a lot, we drink a lot. We we party a lot. And and, and that may sound that like it's joyful and happy, but there also can be an exhaustion to that or, you know, something that's a little too much of everything. Is there is there a point where you have to, you know, conserve your energy as well or draw
1: within? Absolutely. I'm, I'll use the analogy of the bank account. And, you know, like if it's a check, check-in and savings and you put like, like my checking account is me. Actually, I lied. My savings account is me and my checking account are my extracurriculars and my activities and social stuff and so i like to check and balance it but i also know that december is one of those months where my checks are going to be my parties my things will be in more like have more than my savings but what you're what you're asking and what you're bringing up is a really good point when we're when we're busy and stressed what happens we might not sleep enough we might not eat well enough or a lot of times we eat more or we refer or go back to like maladaptive, like bad habits. And so it's just really easy. Like there's some study, there's studies like the less we sleep, the more we eat and the more, ty- the more tired we are. I won't bore you with stuff. Cause it's counseling and therapy stuff, but the less sleep we have, our moods are either more depressed or more anxious. And so that's like neurologically like what happens in your brain. So just, it's not like, look, look, I don't tell my clients, look for perfection. You have to have this like equal check and balance. I'm saying like, there are months that we spend more and there are months that we don't. And so tis the season, but also be aware of things because like, I know that if I go out late two or three nights and um, don't get enough sleep. So like I know what happens to me, I get sick or I can't talk or whatnot, but like, so know your body, know your psyche, know what you can handle. And then like during that month, you can be like, Hey, like, what can I do? And then what do I need to like replenish yourselves? So self-care is really important. And then again, you can make the list and then sort of decide what you can do and what you can't do. And saying no, like the other thing is saying no is okay. Saying no gives you permission to reboot.
0: It's, <laughs> so important that, you know, I've said it on the show so many times that people are tired of hearing it, but no is a complete sentence and it's a perfectly acceptable answer when someone asks for something from you that you just have to, you know, say no to, that you have to safeguard yourself. And, you know, one of the things I try to do during the holidays, um, I just went through a weekend where I had four holiday parties in two different states, right? So I flew to New York for parties. I flew back here to Chicago for parties, but I also knew that yesterday I had to get up and go to my SoulCycle class. I needed my exercise, which may sound counterintuitive that, you know, exercise when I'm exhausted And jet lagged is the wrong thing, but it's absolutely the right thing. It's what brings me energy and what keeps my mental health and my stress levels at a lower point. It would have been easy to say, I do not feel like getting up at five o'clock in the morning to go sweat in a dark room with candles (laughs) and a bunch of, you know, people, but I did it and I felt better for it.
1: Candles smell good.
0: I do. Those grapefruit soul cycle candles, I tell you, that's why they sell those things, but what about the new year's resolutions because we've been talking kind of about that ho- that christmas thing but we're also going into new year's and i think a lot of mistakes get made around new year's whether you're divorced whether you're single whether you're you know whatever i, I we go into that holiday of new year's and there's so much pressure around it and that whole new year's resolutions. Is such a big deal, and we put so much pressure on that. We've one, we have to have this spectacular New Year's Eve plan. It's got to be the biggest thing in the entire world. I will tell you, everyone, right now. Here's my secret. I hate New Year's Eve. I do not go out on New Year's Eve, and I don't make New Year's resolutions. I don't. I just I can't take that pressure anymore. So, what about what do you tell people around both of those? What do you do about those? those ultra high expectations around New Year's Eve, if you don't have plans or you think, you know, you don't want to have plans and about New Year's resolutions.
1: Okay. That's a good one. and I I could go on and on about this one. Again, I'm going to start with like reframing it. Like it's just a day, right? Just like, like when I work with my divorce clients, Christmas Eve and Christmas day, if you celebrate Christmases, if you're Christian or like my Jewish clients, it's just a day. You may change the narrative around that day. So, I'm with you, I would challenge and argue that you should make lists and goals every month, every day. And it's not just meant that January, right? Because it's arbitrary, January, yes, it's the it's the beginning of a new calendar year. We can't dispute that. But if you're somebody that wants to make significant change and have goals, I would say do it every month or do it every day. So, okay, that's point number one. Number, point number two would be that I used to like New Year's Eve and now I can't stand it. And so I don't make plans like this year. I'm flying home on New Year's Eve just to be like, I can't do anything. And my, my, again, my, my, my children who are nine and 10 don't know what New Year's Eve is or not. So, um, and then I would say to your listeners, no, know thyself. If you like New Year's Eve, go all out, buy a new dress, make new friends, invite yourself to a party, especially for those who are newly divorced or single, ask yourself what you want and go all out. If you're someone like you and me, Susan, Stay home, run a movie, be on an airplane, go watch Netflix, do what you want to do. Again, it's just a day. I mean, I can't tell you how many nights I've gone to bed at 10 or 5. My ex-husband would be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, here's the deal. I love my sleep. It's just a day. So that's my New Year's Eve thought. And then my New Year's Day, I mean, it's similar, right? I mean, again, it's like, what does our friend Bella say? That New Year's Day is like the Super Bowl of dating. Yes. You know, dating. Yes, it. it's
0: Peak dating season. Here we go, folks. Bella will be on, by the way, everyone, to talk about peak dating season. So just hold on. But yes, New Year's Day and New Year's resolutions, which, by the way, I think statistically only last for about two weeks.
1: I heard three. So you're right. So, So two or three. But guess what? It's like a lot of stuff with goals. Goals, you have to make them a attainable number two, reasonable. And then I would say, get an accountability partner and have accountability around it. And don't like, I used to make like 30 things. I'm like, no, now that I'm older and much wiser, I might say to myself two or three things, but make them reasonable and make them doable. Cause don't set yourself up for failure guys. Don't do it. And then don't look for perfection. Yeah. You do one or two things next year or like, Make, um, again, my coach always like make your big, big goal and then make like your two or three goal. Make a big goal that you want and then two or three and make them reasonable and make them do like attainable.
0: Yeah, well, and sometimes it's like have that big goal, but then break it down into bite-sized chunks so that you're meeting the mini goals as you go along. That's right. And again,
1: but that speaks to accountability. Like how are you going to break that goal down in smaller chunks? And then you divide them up every month. That's way, again, I won't bore you, but like, that's how success and goals and dreams are achieved, period. That's how, yeah. that, that's, that's, that's the difference between successful people and non-successful people because successful people are action oriented and they do things. And I would argue, or I would also add to don't think about things too much. Like make a list, have an action plan and execution. Because a lot of people, oh, I want to do this. I want to fall in love. I want to buy a new house. I want to get a new job. But they think about it, and they dream it, and they don't execute it. So make a plan.
0: Yeah, sit down and, and get that piece of paper and you know pen out and, and write this down. I do want to mention for those who are listening who do want to do something. On New Year's Eve, check in with the Divorced Over 40 uh, group in your area. Go to DivorcedOver40.com. Though, you know, that group has grown. Um, Dar- Daniel Harold was on the show a while ago. Um, Amy Lucas. I mean, those guys, they have created an amazing group of people. And so if you do want to do something, if that's what lights you up, then, you know, connect with that group and and, you know, make some plans for what you're going to do that night or any other night. If you're feeling lonely, want to find a new community and friends, finding a tribe while you're going through divorce or after can be really um, empowering and important as well. The other thing that I, I wonder your thought on because it, it goes a little bit to perspective. Everybody looks at, you know, this particular holiday season if they're recently separated, divorced, broke, have just broken up. As if it's the end of the world or it's like the be-all and end-all of everything. Um, And in divorce, you know, when we're talking about a settlement and somebody is saying to me, Susan, I have got to have the couch or it is really important to me to get the kids 15 minutes early for Easter or whatever that thing might be. One of the questions we always ask is, will this matter a year from now?
1: Will this matter in a year? I'm giggling and smiling. A couple of things. Perspective is perspective. And the, I, when the word perspective comes up, I say, what are you grateful for? I said like, because so it, I asked my clients, like, what is going well? Like what, like, like what's another perspective? I mean, I challenge my clients, like, what's a different perspective. Like I, I always say, I wonder, like, I wonder what a different perspective on that. Again, I'm not minimizing grief, loss, sad hardship. I'm certainly not. Don't get me wrong. I'm not minimizing that, but I also teach my clients to be grateful for the things they have. I also have to say, this is full disclosure. When I was going through my divorce, I was so attached to certain couches and tables. And my attorney was like, it is a table, buy a new table. And then I was like, no. And then actually my new table is better. It's better. And like, will this matter in a year? Again, that's perspective. You and I both know, since we work with a lot of divorce uh, folks, it is such. It's so different in a year. So your holiday will be so different in one year,
0: and and a year after that, and a year after that. And you know, everyone, Jenny and I are speaking from experience as well. Do you heard her just say? And by the way, I, I sat at that table. It's gorgeous. So <laughs> thank you. Um, she did well, and and I've been there with people. I have been there, and I understand how attached to things or to traditions or to what it's supposed to look like in our head. And it can be very hard to let that go, but realize that, you know, different doesn't mean bad, doesn't mean worse. And, you know, if if we take that moment to take the deep breath and really try to say, is this as important as I am feeling it is in this moment? Will it be that important a year from now or down the road? Often that does give you that moment to, to attain some perspective.
1: Be present. Holidays go by so fast and it's a flurry. We all know it's a flurry and a flash. It's like when those lights, when Christmas decorations come up after ha- on Halloween, I'm always like, what? What is happening? It goes by fast and we all know Just take a moment to breathe and be present, especially for those just with family, like I, you know, especially with kids, kids love holidays. I always remind myself, take a minute, enjoy it because it goes by uh, so fast. And then the other thing is when there's a loss, there's also a gain. Every loss doesn't mean it's a loss. It means sometimes there's a loss and there's also a gain. So you might gain something from this holiday. You might gain something from the new year. Again, back to the table. I lost the table. Everybody, those who know me, they knew what table. And my gain is a much better table. So
0: (laughs) in the end, a year later, we're looking back with some perspective. Um, I do want to ask you just said decorations. And so I'm so glad you said it because I wanted to be sure to ask you. I had a, a listener recently write in who's facing spending Christmas Day without the kids. The kids are going to go over to her co-parents the night before. They're going to be on Christmas Eve into Christmas morning. And so her plan is to get up on Christmas morning. Um, she's already mourning the fact that she won't be waking up with her kids to do the, the traditional, you know, Santa, et cetera. And her plan is to take down all the Christmas decorations, No, no. Thank you. I I would like the therapist's input on this. It felt punitive.
1: So yes and no. I would also, I just am having a moment because I was alone my first Christmas day, Christmas day morning. So I actually empathize with your listener or the person that wrote in and I get it. And I also wanted to take, true story, I also wanted to take my decorations down. And somebody wise, like you said, wait a day. It's still Christmas. And so I said, okay, great. So I would, again, say to your friend or, or, or your listener, rather. Who's the listener, no, yeah. Okay, like, take it down if you really want to. But if it's because you have a sob story or like, a, oh my gosh, today is so awful, then I would counteract and be like, give it another day or two, because decorations in your house can feel good to somebody. But if it's like, I really have an alone day and I'm absorbing this amazing quiet day without my kids and I and I want to put it on my to-do list, fine. But the first morning, for those of you who have kids and you don't have my Christmas morning and you're and you celebrate Christmas, it is a little weird not to wake up with your kids. It is. And so acknowledge that. And so on my first Christmas morning without my without my kids, I was like, what am I going to do? It wasn't as bad as I thought. I did a workout and then I invited myself to a neighbor's Christmas party and it didn't turn out that bad. But I mean, again, it's just perspective. And like, it's just a day. It's just a day.
0: Yeah, I mean you can plan a lot of things. I love you know you can invite your friend yourself over to friends or family. I we have sure. all done it. That's what friends and family are for. Let them know you're feeling a little alone that day or that you're going to be alone. I think the other thing is we all because other people have plans or are doing what they do, we think that um, everybody has plans. But realize right. that you know for those of you out there who have recently separated or divorced friends think about inviting them over for, for lunch or for brunch or for dinner or for, um, a couple of hours during the day that, you know, that's, that's something that we all can do because that's another thing. If you really need something to do on Christmas, help other people.
1: Giving back. That's right. I mean, Susan, absolutely. And to the point of the, um, the either having people over or like for me, shamelessly inviting myself over to people, people know I don't cook. And so I'm always like, Are you going to have a meal that I can attend? And and furthermore, speaking to the tribe piece, your good friends and family know that this is your first holiday alone as a single person or divorced person. So they are, maybe they're not thinking about it, but when you say, Hey, listen, I'm used to having Christmas Eve with all my relatives or exes. And sometimes we are like happy that we don't have to see our exes' family or whatnot. And you can say, can I come over? And I promise you, they're going to be like, of course, yes. So maybe they forgot or whatnot. Here in Chicago, I have a group of Single, divorced, mom friends, and we all know that we'll all ask each other, "Do you have the kids on this holiday?" And then we we just make who's ever available. We create our own thing because we all know it's not as easy
0: these days. We've become very accustomed to Zoom. I mean, That's set up right. a Zoom, set up a Zoom party with family or friends, um, and fill part of your day with that. But the giving back part of it, my husband and I, sometimes the well, most often the children are with their mom on Thanksgiving and Christmas Day. Um, so we have taken to finding a you know f- a food bank that needs help with food or collecting presents, or you know, attending something where we can do something and give back. And honestly, that's a bigger gift to us than it is to the people that we're purportedly helping in that moment. It's it's a wonderful way to spend a holiday and really kind of focuses you in on what's important on those days when you're feeling lost or alone.
1: Isn't that such a good point? And when the more we give, the more we get, like, like internally, like in terms of like gratitude and coming back and feeling like good or, or joyful or, or, or grateful. And remember everybody out there that, There are so many people who are potentially underprivileged or under-resourced, and whether it's the homeless who need um, folks like you who have the opportunity to give back on a holiday where your stepchildren and kids are somewhere else. I know many people who do that on those on like the Thanksgiving Day or Christmas or Christmas Eve, and they always tell me like that was, and it's also, it goes back to a tradition. So for those of you who are looking for new traditions, it's a great idea.
0: Yeah. So, so many alternate ways to look at the holiday season, if you're going into it, thinking that this is really going to be difficult. We're not saying that it won't have its moment, but you can start right now to make it about you. Be sure to take care of yourself. Um, you said uh, when we were doing the, the pre-taping discussion, uh, you know, this, this goes back to what we always hear about that having to put the oxygen mask on ourselves rather than um, on someone else. Take care of yourself and think about this ahead of time. Go into these holidays with your reserves in place, a plan in place, knowing that. You're gonna get through this. New good things are gonna come, and you know that a year from now you might look back on this as the beginning of your new, fresh, and and you know,
1: new life and new start. It's so true. So like, remember like the oxygen mask, and remember the checks and balances for your own self. And I would say like, remember, know thyself. What do you want? What does you, your body and your heart and soul need when you have so much going on? And then opportunities. You're. I promise you. When you make it through your first holiday as a single or a divorced person, you will a survive. Number two, we are meant to go through hard things. And then number three, like you said, one year from now, it will feel so different and you can be proud of yourself that you made it through.
0: Well, we wish you both Jenny and I wish you a wonderful holiday season, a different one, but still wonderful in its own way. We wish you the strength and, and the the courage to get through this time and take care of yourself and the wisdom to do that. Jenny, for people who would like to get in touch with you for more advice or for more support and help, what's the best way to do that? Thank you, Susan. My
1: Instagram account at createchangeconsultants.com and then my website, which is www.createchangeconsultants.com. Happy holidays, everybody. And you can do this. You can do this change your narrative. And in one year from now, it's going to feel different. So happy holidays to everybody. Happy
0: holidays, everyone.